Hello and welcome to the iWave podcast, the Wavecast, where once a month we uh, bring new fellow nonprofit leaders, fundraisers, and prospect development professionals together to share with you a brief moment of inspiration and motivation. Our dream here is that you spend 10 to 15 minutes in your day to enjoy a cup of coffee or a quiet moment or whatever is meaningful to you to get inspired and feel like you're a part of a community of great people like you doing really, really important work. I'm your host, Clay Buck. I'm the lead fundraising coach with iWave and founder of TCB Fundraising, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Thank you for making time for us today. Our guest today on the iWave podcast, the Wavecast, uh, is the incredible Barbara O'Reilly, CFRE. Uh, Barbara is the principal and founder at Windmill Hill Consulting. She's the former president of uh, AFPDC. She is an AFP master trainer. Um, Barbara is amazing. Um, and we first met uh, when we worked together on the Rogare Task Force on the U.S. Critical Fundraising Report and have uh, been friends. And uh, she is an inspiration to me on the regular. Barbara, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my gosh. I am just thrilled and honored to be able to um, to chat with you today, Clay. You uh, You know I'm a massive fan of Clay Buck. <laughs> well, you and I are both fans of donors, um, and you and I are both fans of fundraisers and the work that, that they do. Um, and you and I, I, I know you share with me that joy in championing our colleagues and the work that, that, that they do. Before we jump into your great words of wisdom, anything you want to add? Tell us who you are, what you do, uh, add to uh, or where people can find you. Yeah, so uh, Windmill Hill Consulting uh, is my uh, firm, and um, we work with organizations to give them the tools and the confidence and the resources they need to raise more money and to build donor relationships. We use what we've learned, uh, and we ground ourselves in in data like Giving USA, like uh, digging into donor data, like I know you particularly um, mm use as a guiding principle to really help inform what are the right tactics that are going to work for that organization. Um, so you can find me on on, on uh, Twitter, uh, which is mostly now um, a funny animal videos, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's some nuggets. I, I, I think it helps. I think it helps uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yes. It does. Uh, and and yes. I'm as well. Yes. So, so to that end, funny animal videos and, you know, navigating the waters that we find ourselves in today. What's your your great word of advice to our friends and colleagues that are doing this tremendously important work? Do you have any words of wisdom or inspiration for them as they face today's opportunities? So first I would say is to not get distracted by the the shiny objects. Mm. So by that I mean, you know, we're you see in the Giving USA results. Um, about 15 billion is coming from mega gifts. And we started seeing the rise of mega gifts starting back in, I think, about 2018. Um, and there was this, uh, this sudden shift in the sector to focus on large gift donors. Uh, but under the under the hood, so to speak, we saw the erosion of those um, everyday donors, those donors who are giving $500 and below, even $1,000 and below. So mm -hmm. we have to ensure that we are um, not getting sidelined and focused only, singularly focused on, on the mega gifts. Look at the holistic uh, donor relationships and the pipelines that you're building and stick to the proven practices uh, that we know are working. That certainly, 
that might have worked in your organizations that we are learning from uh, from everyone else through webinars and trainings and other um, resources and 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 build those in, but don't get also get stuck with um, it, caught up in the death by six words, which is we've always done it this way. So oh, of, I love that, right? So it's, right? it's that balance of stick to what's working for your organization, but if it's not don't don't feel beholden to it so i say that's like number one do you think that 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 tendency to 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 chase after the bright shiny to chase after the new thing do you think that applies to both fundraising and prospect development and Mm -hmm. kind of our personal lives and how we approach the work like we're we're sort of always looking for the easy button i know I am on certain things, mm-hmm. right? We're always looking for the easy button. We're always looking for that new thing that is going to, you know, solve it. How how do you approach that at a personal level too of, okay, this, these are my goals. This is what I need to do. How do you, how do you help still focus and not get distracted by the barrage of bright, shiny objects that, that come at us all the time? It's, yeah, it, it, that's a great question. Um, I have had to work really hard. Personally, I've had to work really hard over the last couple of years of de- developing my no muscle of saying no to things. And really, and you and I are both fans of the essential uh, essentialism book uh, by Greg McEwen. And how do we know and how do we discern what really is essential and what's not? Uh, and so that's mm-hmm. been that's been something that I apply both in my business and personally. But I think it applies to all of our nonprofit leaders and fundraisers is to think about whether, for example, they should do that, go back to doing that gala. Mm, did it did it really raise money in the end? Um, and and, you know, if not, is that is this the moment to jettison it? Um, you know, I would say um in the early days of the pandemic, um, I was when I was chair, when I was president of AFPDC, we had to take a really hard look at everything we were doing and decide what do we what do we recalibrate, what do we innovate that was new and different, and what do we obliterate. So we had those three buckets, and we had to look very critically at everything we do. And I was actually counseling a lot of organizations to use those same three buckets. I would say that it's. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be as uh, stringent in thinking about what do we jettison all the time, but every once in a while, especially in an annual basis, when we're developing out our development plans, what worked, what served us well, what doesn't, where do we need to really tap into opportunities? I love that concept of the no muscle, exercising the no muscle. And, and I agree with you. I think it applies both personally and professionally, right? And being able to, there's, there's, you know, the, the next statement to that is remember, no is a complete sentence um, <laughs> yes. and it is okay to say no. And it is okay to prioritize and it is okay to say no to the things that aren't serving you, mm-hmm. but, you know, personally, professionally, I know a lot of folks have gone through some real kind of serious soul searching of what matters to me. Mm-hmm. And what matters to me personally, and what matters most to the organization. That's such such great, such a great uh, example, and such a great inspiration. Um, again, our goal here is that, that folks join us for a few minutes, get inspired, take away something to move on. And as we we wrap up, I want to remind ourselves and our calling, uh, our calling, our colleagues, um, and our friends out there that everything we do has an impact on the people, the communities that we serve, the staff that we work with, the, our fellow employees, our volunteers, everybody. So, so let's end this.
us on a joyful note. What brings you joy? And how do you take that and inform the work that, that you do? So I was at an AAP, my very first AAP icon uh, was in, I think, 2016, I think, uh, in Boston. And I remember sitting in one of the opening plenaries and they talked about um, how fundraisers are dream brokers. And I remember being completely blown away, thinking, wow, that's exactly right. We're connecting donors who are passionate and committed to using their charity, their charitable dollars to do good in the world with the organizations that are designed to solve problems. Um, and the, in the, the middle between the two are the fundraisers who are connecting those two groups, those two entities. And when I think about my entire career, both in-house and now as a consultant, I am so honored to be part in some way, shape, or form of either being that direct dream broker when I was in-house or now working with organizations to help them advance their missions and doing incredibly important work. Uh, and so I ha we have to remind ourselves, particularly as fundraisers, that the work is important and we have to take care of ourselves and uh, and advocate for the resources that are needed to do our jobs well. For nonprofit leaders, we have to trust our fundraisers to do mm -hmm. their jobs and do them and give them what they need to do them well. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's no longer about us as fundraisers or us as organizations. It's about the solutions and the resources that we're we're bringing to solve important problems. I love it. That's that's that is wonderful. That concept of dream brokers um, reminds me just briefly of an old movie. Uh, a few good men, Demi Moore, Tom Cruise, and there's a scene where somebody looks at Demi Moore and says, "Why do you love them so much?" Talking about the the Marines that she's defending as a lawyer, and she says, "Because they stand on a wall mm -hmm. and they say nothing's going to hurt you, not tonight." Mm -hmm. I love that scene and I love that passion, but it also to me that that to me is that dream broker idea. Fundraisers are standing on a wall in between, you know, right, building that gap, bridging that gap between people who care and causes that need support and saying, we're going to get this. Nothing's going to hurt you. Not tonight. Barbara O'Reilly, you bring me joy. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your time today on this and for sharing your wonderful wisdom and inspiration with our friends and colleagues. Thank you for being here. Uh, again, you can find Barbara on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, don't ask her about kale. Uh, she's a huge <laughs> kale champion. Um, and we thank you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you.